What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey everybody, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Beekeeping for Newbies. Thank you so very much for taking the time to join me today. I do appreciate you listening. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out, Jeff, at beekeepingfornewbies.com or more on the bees at protonmail.com for those of you more security-minded people. All right, so today we are talking about episode 34, Mentors and Mentees, and trying to be good at both. I'm, I'm still, uh, still kind of laughing because I... I have my routine because I'm not a professional vocalist or recorder. I'm just random guy with a roadie podcaster board thingy. So uh, I try to do these warm up things, and I'm sitting here singing "Whole Lot of Love" by Led Zeppelin, and then then some Offspring, and then I went on some other random thing to kind of get the the voice going. So I I don't know, it's goofy. Maybe I should just record that and start the whole thing with that, and you guys can hear the warm up too. Anyway, okay, so personal updates here. Let's see. Um, I did buy a new oxalic acid dispenser. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this, this is a tool that's used to treat for Varroa. It's very efficient, very effective, super easy. Uh, they're just expensive. And the previous models that I've seen over the years and worked with are pretty clunky. This one is uh, this one operates off of regular DeWalt you know, tool batteries like you would use for the DeWalt circular saw, sawzall, you know, jigsaw. I'm trying to think what else. Impact wrench, drill driver, like all of those things use the same type of battery as this. 
and I've got seven or eight of those batteries already. And I think they have options if you want to use Milwaukee or, or even another one. But I've been eyeballing this for a long time, and I finally finally pulled the trigger today on that. And for the record, no bees were harmed in the pulling of that trigger. Uh, thank you to Adam, who originally pointed this model out to me. So we will see how that goes. I'm not sure how long it's going to take to get here, but it'll be here before I need it. So I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I will probably at some point in time create a video and put that on YouTube just because it's pretty slick. Oh, what else is going on? Let's see. Back hurts, knees hurt, feet are numb. I'm ready for a nap. And that ought about do it for me. So what's up with all of you? Hey, the best way to let us know is to join the Discord room. We have five times as many members right now as we did a week ago. Isn't that crazy? Five times. Now, full disclosure, I think we had two members last week, and now we're up to 10. But, hey, we could be at 50 a week from now. You never know. For more info, just go to the Beekeeping for Newbies website, and there is a link. It's kind of in the middle, slightly to the left. And if you're not familiar with Discord, just listen to the beginning of the last episode. I talk about it a little bit more over there. But the kind of Cliff Notes version, it's a great platform for mobile and desktop-laptop collaboration. Great way to share information, talk, chat. There is a section in there about mentors if you want to uh, try and track one down. There is areas about gear and podcast suggestions and pictures, videos, you know, whatever information you want to share or just look around. It's going to be on there. If you have suggestions, feel free to make them. It only takes a couple of seconds to make updates to the Discord channel. All right, so today we are going to talk about mentors and mentees and how we can be better at both. I think mentees is the weirdest, goofiest word. I, it drives me nuts, but we're going to stick with it just so that we are grammatically correct here. So the idea for this was a suggestion from Scott in the Discord room. I think it's a great idea, and and really, I'm, I'm dead serious. Like I'm, I'm mentally just completely fried right now, so I cannot think of, of good ideas, and I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit that. I just I can't do it. So let me know what you all want to hear about. Drop a note either by email or join join the Discord room. Let me know what you want to hear about, and we will make it happen. There is a young lady, and I apologize that I don't have her email or her name right in front of me, but um, she wrote a book, uh, extensive experience in beekeeping. We're going to try and get with her and see if we can do an interview and have her talk about some of her experience and, and whatever she wants to talk about. So that's going to be coming up soon, too. I just I have to get back in touch with her. That's 100% on me, and I'll be working at that. Okay, so... Getting back to the subject here, the, the one thing that, that was mentioned on this topic was, you know, ways that we can find a mentor. And that's the first thing I would tell you is join a local bee club. And I've said that for, you know, for years now, I guess it is. Join a club, find someone through that if you can. Now, it's always perfectly fine, acceptable, good practice, whatever. You know somebody who's keeping bees, just ask them. I mean, I, I wouldn't go as far as to say, like, if you're driving down the road in the country, you should just stop by and say hi I see you have beehives. Will you mentor me? But, you know, it's a cool community. I mean, a lot of beekeepers would probably say, yeah, just drop by on Saturday. I'm doing some inspections. I'll, I'll walk you through it. It's always worth a shot. doesn't hurt to ask, right? I, I don't recommend uh, finding somebody on Craigslist or some kind of random online platform. I mean, they'll, they'll definitely invite you over to spend some time with their bees, but you might get a little more than you bargained for. So safety should always be the number one priority. So stick with reputable entities, people, clubs, things like that. I mean, I would assume for those of you who spend any time on, you know, Facebook or other social media, you can probably track down some resources there. I'm I'm very antisocial, so I don't have anything. We're still locked out of our business Facebook account, so I got nothing for you on that one. So today we're going to focus on the specifics of the two roles as a mentor and mentee, things you should keep in mind regardless of which side of the discussion that you find yourself. And uh, 
without further ado, on to the show here. So when I first started beekeeping many years ago, I was I was assigned a mentor who lived about, I don't know, like four or five miles away from me. So I spoke spoke to her on the phone. And, you know, right from the beginning, she just did not seem very enthused about it. I, I don't know if she was having a bad day or if somebody just twisted her arm like, oh, we got somebody who needs help. Come on, you can do it. I, I have no idea. But she just was not real pumped up and, and was kind of, you know, I don't want to say, it was just not very welcoming, inviting. It, it didn't seem like there was a whole lot of interest in helping me. So we had that 10 or 15 minute discussion and we never spoke again after that. So that, of course, that didn't work out. Now, this past year, I agreed to be a mentor, and I had two people who were assigned to me, you know, from the B-Club, like, in my, literally, like, my single act of anything at the B-Club, because I am still a number one worst member. Three years running, I think it is now. So, one person uh, had no bees at all. They were just trying to make arrangements, get things ready in the yard. Uh, the other person, uh, they had some bees. They were just kind of looking for a little bit of extra guidance and some tips and everything. So, one of them, I actually spoke to him on the phone for about 30 minutes. Good, productive, enjoyable, you know, discussion, and we exchanged an email, maybe one or two emails afterwards. Uh, the second gentleman, you know, same thing, several good email exchanges. You know, we talked about a couple of different things that were going on, you know, both with bees and, and then, you know, some side discussions. And then we decided that we should get together some time, and and, uh, and then everything kind of went quiet. Now, in his defense, you know, he, he is in the military, so it's entirely possible that he could have been, you know, activated or transferred somewhere in, in support of the, uh, you know, the Ukraine border security crisis. So he definitely gets a pass on that one, but I think I could have probably done some things better too. And we're going to, we're going to talk about that a little bit more as well. So for me, each of these scenarios has a couple of common factors across them, which I believe directly contributed to, you know, failed attempts at this knowledge transfer. The first one of these I'll say is when, when I was the mentee. So as, as the mentor, there's an expectation of leadership and guidance and having some sort of a plan of action in place. Uh, you know, clearly this mentor did not seem particularly interested. And like I said before, maybe she agreed, you know, to do it for some, just to get somebody off their back or whatever. I'm not sure. Maybe something tragic happened in her life and, and her head just wasn't in the right place, you know, which obviously, you know, I get it. But it's really important to think about, you know, all of those moving parts that, that are involved in, teaching and training and guiding. So, I mean, let's say that I'm a new beekeeper and I'm committed to buying, you know, packages of bees or nukes and I'm waiting for them to arrive in the spring. And, you know, I've got this expectation that I'm going to have a mentor who's engaged and they're ready to, you know, they're prepared to kind of get me ramped up for that initial process. You know, it seemed like in, in my situation, this person didn't take into consideration that it wasn't just a failure of them as a volunteer to deliver on a, you know, an agreed commitment but it could have been potentially, you know, financially impactful to me because I had nobody to really give me guidance on getting my bees installed correctly, you know, under the watchful eye of a mentor. So there's more to it than just, oh, wow, I never called that person back. Oh, well, you know, there are definitely some other implications, too. And, and like I said, in that example, it's a financial impact. From here, let's uh, let's talk about the uh, the first gentleman that I was supposed to mentor here this year. And, you know, and I think that started off well, you know, with some early dialogue. You know, I recognize that, you know, he didn't have bees yet, but he's working to get everything ready to go. And, um, you know, I pinged him a couple of times and, you know, didn't get any updates. 
And like I said, with, with the second guy, the correspondence was there, the dialogue was there, but I definitely, you know, could have done a little bit better following up. You know, I mean, anything can happen these days here. Maybe the email went to the spam folder. You don't even know, right? I mean, from these examples, there are definitely opportunities to, to point fingers. And I believe that I share an, an equal part in blame, you know, if someone want, wants to play the blame game here. But this is where I have to ask the question, right? What do all these scenarios have in common? Well, I would say the first thing they have in common is there's a communication breakdown. That's a second reference to Led Zeppelin here today, by the way. We had a whole lot of love earlier, and now we've got communication breakdown. Okay. But across all these examples here, uh, you know, in one way or another, the, the communication abruptly ended. I think the second thing they have in common, there were no expectations set from the beginning of our engagement. So how can anyone blame anyone else to, and, and try to hold them accountable if there are not expectations that are set and agreed upon by both parties? Lastly, I would say accountability. Had we done the first two things I just mentioned around communication and setting expectations, we would have had better communications and it would have been really easy to hold each other accountable. So now that we've kind of taken a few minutes to run through some scenarios and examples of you know mentors and mentees, let's just take a minute to review kind of the roles and responsibilities of each. My intent here is not to make this an all-inclusive list, but to gather some examples of things that a good mentor has to do and consider, you know, when they're making a commitment to serve in that capacity. Now, at the end of this discussion, I'm going to grade myself on my mentee and both of my mentor scenarios from 2022. So you're going to want to stand by on that one. Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening. I hope that you're enjoying the show and are finding the information to be useful and valuable. In order to help keep the lights on, we do need to take a quick commercial break. Thank you so very much for hanging in there, and I appreciate you. We will be right back. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everyone, welcome back, and thank you for staying with us today. As always, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or comments. I always enjoy hearing about your experiences, answering questions, and learning more about the challenges you're facing in different parts of the world. So please keep them coming. It's Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com. Now let's get back to the show on the Beekeeping for Newbies radio network. Okay, that's not a real thing, but I'm trying to make it sound more official, so just play along, all right? Thanks a lot. It could be a real thing. I don't know. We'll, we'll keep that in mind. Beekeeping for Newbies Radio Network. Okay, so let's talk about the mentor's role here. Let's start with, you know, what, what they should be doing and, uh, you know, roles, responsibilities, et cetera. So in, in my opinion, the mentor needs to conduct themselves and, and be treated, you know, like a leader or a supervisor. 
They should carry themselves in a professional manner. They should focus on educating and inspiring new beekeepers. As a professional, I would expect them to be on time for appointments with their mentees, right? They should bring any required gear, instructional aids, whatever else they need to effectively communicate beekeeping skills and, you know, tips and tricks, etc. Like we mentioned earlier, right, they need to set expectations with the mentee as to what they should have available to facilitate their own learning. Now, depending on exactly where they're meeting, you know, the, the mentor should make suggestions on, you know, hey, this uh, in this area there are restroom facilities here or there. Uh, you should bring food. You should not bring food. You know, whatever information is pertinent and relevant. You know, if you're going out to a remote farm, as an example, there may not be facilities out there. You may want to have plenty of extra water with you. You know, even on a day where it's not too hot, if you're in a bee suit for hours, you will work up a pretty good sweat. And, and I typically, it's not uncommon for me around the bee yard to have a couple of five-gallon jugs of water. I just drink tons of water. It's better to have too much than not enough. But also talk about, you know, what expectations are around the time frames. You know, hey, we're going to do this for an hour, two hours. Be mindful of who you're working with, too. If you're working with a maybe, let's say, a 14 to 24-year-old beekeeper, they're probably going to be able to stay out and work in the heat a lot longer than maybe a 65-year-old beekeeper might. Right. So just keep some of those things in mind about, you know, kind of know your audience, know who you're working with. So here are a few things I think a mentor should not do. If you don't want to be a mentor, then don't, right? Just as you want your time respected, you need to respect the time of the mentee and give them the opportunity to work with someone who cares and wants to be there. You know, it's like going on a date because your friend put you up to it. You know, you have a responsibility to the mentee to fulfill the responsibilities inherent in that role. The next thing I would say is, you know, a lot of people like to have beer, wine, whatever. That's your thing. Have at it. If you like to drink and that's your thing, that's fine. But don't do it the night before or the day of the event. You know, I doubt a lot of people want to smell that alcohol streaming from your pores on a hot summer day or that nasty alcohol fire breath when it's like 95 degrees outside. That's just, that's gross. I mean, hey, you know, if you're both alcoholics, that's, you know, you can work that deal out between the two of you. If you want to do beer bongs before bees or something, you come up with, that's up to you. But I would encourage you to not, allow yourself to use alcohol because it's pretty unprofessional. So let's just save it for afterwards. You know, you do your bee inspection, do a little bit of teaching and training, you know, throw a burger on the grill and have a beer. That's fine. That's your business. Don't push your mentees too hard, right? It's, it's like the parent who says, well, you know, my parents threw me in the deep end and I figured it out. Yeah, I guess you did after the trauma of thinking you were going to die before your eighth birthday. I mean, you know, if they're uncomfortable doing something, then demonstrate it and move on right? Some people may never get their own bees. They may never feel comfortable enough removing and manipulating the frames. Um, you know, that's what a good mentor is for, to teach, guide, educate, demonstrate, you know, etc. But for a lot of mentees, this is a trial run before committing to buying bees. And they may discover that they're just too scared to perform some tasks, and that's okay. You know, it reminds me of an old saying I heard in the Army uh, years ago. You know, no plan survives first contact with the enemy. Or there's another one. Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? I mean, you can watch hundreds of hours of YouTube videos. Buy the best bee suit, highest quality frames, high bodies, everything. However, things change really quickly the first time you realize that the bee you see on your veil is not really on your veil. She's inside the veil. <laughs> now what are you going to do, right? Or the first time you discover that you can get stung through the gloves. 
that was a big surprise for me. I, I'm wearing the gloves so I don't get stung. How did I get stung through the gloves? Or that you shouldn't wear Crocs when you're doing inspections. Now, I have actually done inspections in shorts and T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. But again, you got to know the bees that you're working with. You know, you have to know the time of day, time of year, a little bit, a lot of variables involved in there, but it's your job to recognize their limitations, to encourage them, but more importantly, respect their comfort level and their limits. You know, the best way to push them away from beekeeping is forcing them to do things when they're not ready. Another thing I would recommend when working with mentees is to have a third party present. Um, you know, I personally, I don't worry about it too much because if someone wants to send me to jail for harassment or something like that, I mean, you get free medical benefits, you can go back to college, I can get another degree, you can read a lot of books, not a lot of responsibility. So it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, but no, my luck, you know, I'd probably get house arrest. But any, all joking aside, you, you really should have kind of a third party there, unless it's a well-established relation, relationship with the mentee. And I'm not even saying any at this point, like, oh, if they're an op- if the opposite sex. I, I mean, no matter what. You know, this is a, it's an ever-changing world these days, and a lot of people... Are, are either on, on both sides, right, looking for a way to cheat somebody out or, or find an excuse to sue them. And on the other side, there's a whole lot of creepers out there, right? So unless you have, like, video cameras and a GoPro or whatever, just get a third party. Have three people there, four people, five, whatever. I just think that's a better way to keep everybody on the same level there. And I would definitely stress this even more for people going to remote and rural places, you know, where, where it's very typical for beekeepers to be operating. And is that old... Uh, Old joke I heard once, remember, in the city, they'll kill you. But in the country, they keep you. So, you know, you don't want to be kept out there. Okay. Anyway, okay, switching over to the mentee's role here. So as a mentee, your primary job here is is to respect the time and the sacrifice of that mentor. The person has taken time out of their day, their life, to provide you with what will hopefully be some top-notch, you know, beekeeping education. and, And you really need to respect that. Here's probably my single biggest pet peeve here. I think it's the downfall of civilization as we know it, but leave the cell phone in the car or keep it far away, put it on silent mode, whatever you got to do. If you want to take pictures of beekeeping, pay attention when you're with your mentor and then just selfie away when you get your own bees. And my bees are special operators. They cannot be photographed. So if you're with me and you want to take any pictures, you have to, you have to blacken out their eyes. You got to put the black box over their eyes because they get really bent out of shape on that one. The next thing is you want to pay attention. And, I mean, it's obvious that you would think that's pretty self-explanatory. But if I'm a mentor and and you're doing anything other than actively listening, you know, it's pretty frustrating and annoying. The other thing, which is kind of a follow-on to that paying attention part, is ask good questions. Uh, A good friend of mine used to say there's no such thing as stupid questions, only stupid people, which really kind of bothered me because I felt like that was a little bit harsh. But I I still love the guy. But... Asking questions shows that you're, you're listening and you're engaged. It shows that you're trying to make sense of the information that, that's coming in, that you're processing things. Even if you don't have a lot of questions about a specific task, showing up with some notes, you know, maybe some things that are on your mind or things that you, know, that you um, just need some clarification on, it shows that you're thinking ahead and that you're not just kind of you know, walking through the motions. Just jot something down on a piece of paper as you prepare for your time with your mentor. If you just did say, like, I don't know, one question per day for two weeks. You know, I think that'd be kind of cool. You show up with like 10, 12 questions. You know, I mean, obviously you don't have to do this, but it, it gives that that sense of, of engagement that you're really excited about it. On the day or the days that you're meeting up with your mentor, don't be late. You know, it kind of reminds me, again, I make a lot of references to the old Army days here, but they used to always say, you know, don't be late, don't be on time, be early, right? 
showing up late, it just it sends the wrong message, and that's just that's a no go. So we, we're not going to do that one. And uh, next on the list here is drugs and alcohol. You know, I wish I could say that oh, the bees get really angry when they smell these things on you, so don't do it. But I've never done either around the bees, so I can't really say for sure. I will say that you should probably avoid both of them because your ability to function and remember things and you know and your coordination, you know, all these things can be a little bit impaired. And then it's going to end up resulting in, you know, you wasting your time, me wasting mine. You know, not a good thing. You know, you can always make more money, but you can't make more time. So if you want to waste your time, you know, do it at home with your friends. That's cool, but don't waste mine. That's kind of the idea of the, the mentor's mindset there. So as I promised, I am going to grade myself both as a mentor and a mentee on the uh, scenarios that I, that I mentioned at the very beginning. So as a mentee, I think the gal failed me pretty badly here, but I give myself a B minus. I had her phone number, and I think I think I maybe even had her email. So I absolutely could have reached out to her and made more of an effort to get her engaged. But in my defense, she really did not seem super thrilled. So I don't know. There's always room for improvement, right? So I'll give myself a B minus on that one. Mentor scenario number one with the gentleman that didn't have Bs yet. Here I'm going to give myself again a B minus. You know, I believe that that he was. I believe that he he does not have honeybees yet, and I probably still owe him a call or an email or something. But, you know, I could have reached out and said, hey, I know you don't have your bees yet. Please feel free to reach out if you have any questions or if you need anything. Um, If you place a bee order, let me know as soon as possible so we can discuss a plan of action to get them installed. Uh, Or I could have even followed up after that and said, hey, I'm not going to bug you anymore until I hear from you. You know, please confirm that works for you. So there's definitely more that I could have done, and I I could email the guy tomorrow. And he could probably say, hey, no, I'm good, just hanging out, trying to figure out when I'm going to do it. So I could, you know, if I, uh, maybe if I send him an email this weekend, I can bump myself up to an A- minus or something. Okay, the second scenario with the gentleman that, that has existing Bs here and wanted to get together, but, he, you know, he didn't respond to that last email. In this situation, I kind of give myself a C-. minus. Overall, I think I did really well right up to that last email I sent. You know, after a week or so, I should have forwarded my original email back to him and said, Hey, not sure if you saw this or not, but I wanted to make sure you received it. You know, just let me know when you want to get together. Then if he still didn't respond after a week or two, I could have maybe, you know, sent another follow-on or I could have tried to call him or something like that. I, I definitely could have done better with that. And it's the same thing. I, c- I can send the guy an email this weekend and, you know, he might just be ready to roll still, just kind of tied up with other things. So so I'll take that action here. I will reach out to both those gentlemen, see if I can raise myself maybe a half a letter grade and get that get that a little bit uh do a better job there okay everyone well hopefully all of this made sense and it can be used as kind of like a, a basic framework for some you know responsibilities of being both a mentor and a mentee and you know like i mentioned earlier it's not meant to be an all-inclusive list you know as far as everything that should be done but you know hopefully it'll serve as a starting point or kind of a framework for things that, that both parties should be thinking about in order to maximize the learning and, you know, make the best use of everybody's time. And, you know, just, it's really, it's common sense. You know, treat people the way you want to be treated. Be respectful, you know, and be engaged as much as you can. And remember, go back to that that earlier statement where I talked about where there was the breakdown, right? Make sure you're having good communication. Set expectations early and hold each other accountable. I think if you do the three of those things on both sides, your mentor-mentee experience will be a lot better. Well, as always, folks, thank you again for listening. I really do appreciate you taking the time here. Feel free to reach out anytime, Jeff at beekeepingfornewbies.com or more on the bees at protonmail.com. 
And don't forget the Discord room. You know, we're growing by five times this past week. I mean, we might be at 50 next week. Be one of the first 50 and you get nothing. But, hey, thanks for showing up anyway. All right, take care, everybody. Stay out of trouble. Pray for peace and uh, don't do anything I would do. Take care. We'll talk to you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.